When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Good evening, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. We are coming to you on Sunday, August 21st. And Brendan, the Cubs have won another series. It is five in a row for David Ross's boys. They can't be stopped, Brendan. They can't be stopped. Keep winning every series in a row. And then this time in six weeks, we'll be talking about the wild card boy. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what I meant uh, by this. And, you know, look, like, if you just ignore, you know, everything that happened before, like, August 5th, this team is great. It's great. They're better than Milwaukee. I mean, right. we all knew that going in. Right. So this is a playoff team, Corey. Yeah, well, and the Cubs have played well against the Brewers this year. They played they well against the Brewers this weekend, obviously, at Wrigley Field, winning two of three games. And, you know, it's it's this is something we talked about over the years, Brendan. Like, it, it's always nice to win the series, but, like, there's just something about losing that last one. I know. Especially as a close I, game. Like it is it is a little frustrating, even if they ha- overall had a nice weekend. Especially with Steele pitching well and Seiya going yard. You wanted that last one, but just try to ignore it for now. Right. Uh, there was a lot of good this weekend, Brendan. Tons of good. Um, I know that, you know, it, it, it's a little, you know, you trade the, the top four members of your bullpen, right? It's You're going to have some games that get a little dicey with the bullpen, uh, which we kind of saw the entire series, right? The Cubs pulling off two of the wins and then ultimately not able to secure the win for Justin Steele, who was great again on Sunday. We will obviously talk about Steele and some of the stuff that he is doing. Um, But there was a lot of good this weekend from this team and from a lot of guys that we have really focused on uh, for the future here. Um, you know, some other stuff to talk about. Keegan Thompson, obviously, uh, you know, struggled again dealing with, uh, you know, some injury stuff. So maybe a possible explanation for a, a little bit of what we've talked about recently. Uh, good stuff in the minors. Brendan Davis hitting a home run in the Arizona Complex League. So good to see. Alexander Canario, uh, you, you know, like not to get all like super cliche, right? But you, you really might have to contact the, 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 the fire department. I mean, that man <laughs> is scorching hot. Yeah. Two homers on Sunday, uh, 31 on the season for Alexander Canario, one of the Cubs' best prospects. So at all levels, you know, a lot of really good stuff. But before I get into these three games right quick, uh, you know, and take a look at these box scores and the stuff we want to talk about, Brendan, if you know me, and you do, and a lot of uh, the CHGO Cubs listeners do, uh, you already knew where this episode was going to start. And honestly, we're three minutes in. I think it's late. We're late. I, I'm surprised it took you this I, long, I wanted Corey. to do a proper lead-in. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. But on Sunday, we get the absolute electricity <laughs> at the friendly <laughs> confines, Brendan, from the presence, the mere presence, just sitting in the stands mm. of 
number 34, the left-hander. Your boy, World Series champion three times over. One of those, Brendan, was with the Chicago Cubs in 2016. Yes. People forget that. They do. And that is none other than Jonathan Tyler Lester in attendance at beautiful historic Wrigley Field. Electric, Brendan. I saw him at Wrigley during pregame. Saw the you know the Twitter photos going around. I'm like, did anyone know? this was happening. And of course, I, I texted you. I'm like, you know, he's there, right? And I was worried, Corey, that you would get arrested, that there would be a legitimate legal problem that I would have to address before we recorded today. So congratulations, you made it out of Wrigley without any problems. Mm-hmm. Everyone's safe. But uh, how, how was that? What was what was the vibe like when they had John on the scoreboard? And, and for you personally, did you expect this today? Did you have any inkling this no, would happen? No, right. immaculate vibes, though. Yeah, just truly I mean, did you immaculate. Tear up a, did you tear up a little bit? You, t- you teared up when we talked about his retirement and when he left the Cubs a little bit. So I'm wondering what your reaction was like. I will let the audience use their imagination as to what I was feeling uh Watching now, that were, were, when the standing ovation was given, were you among the first people up out of your seat? I you I had been cheering for him uh, before first the, pitch. Yeah. The entire game, yeah, just on you, your feet. John, on the, John, the hot mic on the radio <laughs> broadcast. Yeah, probably picks up somebody going, John, John, it's me. <laughs> oh, so that was you? Okay, yeah, that was me. If you heard, if okay, you heard that, makes sense. Um, no, just like electric, and like he, you know, he's just sitting there. Like they showed him on the video board. Like you know, he waved and all that. You know, he he didn't sing the stretch or anything, which would have been amazing. I'm sure he doesn't want. Why to, did they but, do that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't want to, but I love that. Uh, that would be great if he did. But yeah, just like amazing having him there. Always cool. Uh, you know, to have the ability to honor him and show some of those highlights and just reminisce about that. And you know, he did his little nondescript wave. To the camera, you know, he's too cool. That little too smirk humble. on his face. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's me, John Lester, legend, living legend, future Hall of Famer, all that. Um, no, it was great. It was electric. Uh, and then, you know, Justin Seal talking about how he introduced himself to him, you know, talking about the tips that he had given to David Ross. That's amazing. And I, lo- I love that dynamic right there, by the way, having Lester come back and seeing Steele. Yes. Like, part of me wants to believe that was intentional by Lester, but that's just me being ideal. Yeah. I, I mean, as we're recording this, uh, you know, on, you know, early Sunday evening, we don't have any word from John that he specifically chose a Justin Steele start, but mm-hmm. he's certainly been watching them, right? We know that. And, yes. you know, thinking about how Justin Steele can be better and, you know, very cool for uh, the, the Cubs' most recent elite left-hander to be in the presence of their up-and-coming very successful yes. left-hander but I I the the one thing that was like just incredible and they didn't show John after this but at one point you know they do some highlights throughout the game and stuff like that and they were showing his walk-off squeeze bunt against the Mariners in 2016 <laughs> just for you like but with John there I'm like this is I, amazing I like I this that. is just so specifically catered for me <laughs> John is here we're watching John Lester highlights what a wonderful day and you know then the bullpen blew the game and it's like oh Right. Oh yeah. Back back <laughs> this, to reality. This, this is isn't just the John Lester the, show. Right. This um, was a sacrifice to get John Lester going yes, through these moments. Yeah. yeah. But oh, electric. Amazing to have him there. I wish John would be around more often. Um, and you know, maybe next time let's get like you know five or six Miller lights in him. Get him up in the booth with mm-hmm. Pat. Get him oh, there. You know, Boog, sing the stretch. You know, maybe a curse word slips out. Classic John. Right. <laughs> uh, love it. The vibes are off the charts. Does he still live in Chicago? 
Do you know? No, that? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because he had that like cool Wrigleyville house. Yeah, there. I, I remember they. Yeah. There was like an article about that, but I, I, I don't think so. I think he's. Uh, okay. I think he's a Georgia man. I was hoping he'd stay around, but you know, oh well. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, hey, maybe uh, we can dream. This was a recruiting trip by David to uh, Ooh, you know get him in the. Get I him like in that. The, you know, maybe he could do like that. Uh, what what Ross did first, like that ambassador right. uh, consultant kind of role right. right right in three years he'll be you know a pitching assistant managing the team, team. yeah Man- managing the team okay. yeah maybe yeah maybe. <laughs> a very, yeah, very uh, you know switch in demeanor <laughs> from, from david right. ross to to john right. yeah so that was great i could talk about that for an hour but great to I see john that. always uh appreciative that he gets you know the recognition that he so rightfully deserves so anytime that happens it's awesome and i'm glad uh i was able to be in his presence even amongst you know forty thousand of our closest friends at the friendly confines but Mm -hmm. uh john and i went to the game together on sunday it's it's how i'm gonna tell people yeah i was at the game with john lester you know just don't ask any follow-up questions my best friend john lester right my close personal friend uh Mm -hmm. so let's get into this series here with the brewers uh, some really good games in this series, Brendan. Uh, the game on Friday to start this series, an 8-7 to seven Cubs win, a back-and-forth affair. Milwaukee scores two in the first. Cubs answer with three, another in the second. The Brewers respond with three in the third. The Cubs with two in the fifth. Both teams score twice in the sixth inning, and that's all she wrote. The Cubs uh, get those two back in the sixth and secure the W, the runs for the Cubs in this one. Seiya Suzuki, a double. Fran Mil Reyes, another triple. He's got those wheels, Brendan. We he talked does. about that. Fran Fran he wheels. Does. Look at that. I know. You know, maybe he can start stealing bases too. Mm-hmm. Bat him lead off. Yeah. You know? uh, Ian Happ, an RBI single. Wilson Contreras, a sack fly. Then in the fifth, Patrick Wisdom, his 22nd homer of the year. And then in the bottom of the sixth, the game winner is 12th of the year, a homer off of the bat of Christopher Morell mm. and the pitching in this one. This was Keegan Thompson, three and two thirds, six hits, five earned, three walks, three strikeouts. He does give up three home runs. ERA at 3.97 on the year. He threw 71 pitches in this game. You know, I, I, we, we don't have to get too much into it because we did talk about this last time uh, with Keegan, um, you know, and then, of course, you know, some stuff comes out after the game, you know, that he's been dealing with some stuff that, you know, has probably been affecting this. So, you know, I think, like, ultimately, like, this is not how you would have hoped that, you know, the kind of end of the season, and, there, you know, there's still time depending on, you know, how he heals up and things like that. Um, there, there's still time for this to, you know, get straightened out, uh, but, you know, I, I think again, the, the, we've seen some really, really strong flashes from him, and you, you know, you're going to have to evaluate how things end here and and what you think about it. But I, I think in some respects, as you know, you get towards these peak innings counts, you know, some of this is is just kind of be to be expected, and you know, maybe part of the experiment. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe to be expected. It's still disappointing. Sure. On my end, you you wanted him to get through the entire year with a full slate of innings, and that still might happen. It's only perhaps two weeks. You get back on the mound, and everything's fine. But you still wanted that, like, you get greedy. That, it, that's where I am in my mind. You get greedy. You want a Keegan to get through the entire season and not have many blips and have that high level of confidence for him in 2023. And maybe things don't change that much, but it does suck to see this yeah. kind of derail a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And so David Ross, uh, you know, after uh, Thompson, 
hitting the IL. He said, quote, the main thing is, like you've seen the last couple outings, I think the fatigue in the lower half, tightening up in the back, all that stuff, it's not shocking that it happened. It's affecting his pitching. Is it something we're super long-term concerned about? No, it's not. So, you know, yeah, like how much, you know, you, you, you put into every little thing, you know, him, him throwing so many innings, this, this injury situation, you know, what affects what is hard to diagnose, but certainly, you know, we've seen him, you know, we talked about it on the last one where, you know, you're kind of wondering, wondering like, is he maybe running out of gas as we're, you know, getting towards the end of the year? Um, you know, especially having started the year in the bullpen and all this other stuff. And, you know, you hear that, that he's dealing with this stuff and it's like, oh, okay, well, that certainly does shed some light on this. Like, yeah, his, his velo hasn't been as good as you'd like. He's, you know, throwing more pitches. He's exiting games earlier. Like, yeah, I would think that, uh, you know, tightening up in the back and things like that would lead to that. So we won't know. Hopefully he can get back out there. Um, and and finish up this year, uh, but I think you know ultimately like they're going to play it safe. He's delivered a really nice body of work. I think they've gained a lot of valuable data and information points on him. And you just want to find a way, uh, whether it's just getting him healthy or, or getting him back out there to to finish this year on a strong note. Because overall, it has been a great year for him, uh, no matter how the rest of this season goes. Right on Saturday, it was a six to five win for the Cubs in extra innings. Wilson Contreras walking us off with an RBI single. He also homered in this game. His 20th, Nick Madrigal, had an RBI single. Uh, Fran Mil Reyes had a sack fly that Christian Yelich dropped the transfer that allowed Ian Happ to score. That was really funny to watch in person. Really, really funny. And then in the Cubs and Brewers trading some runs in extra innings, uh, the Brewers got one in the top of the 11th. The Cubs would get two. Patrick Wisdom, a double, and Wilson Contreras, again, the walk-off RBI single, going oppo to right field for that one. Really strong start for Marcus Stroman and a bummer that he did not get the win. It's a blown save for Rowan Wick, who had a rough weekend. Seven and two-thirds, two hits, two runs, four walks, and five strikeouts for Marcus Stroman. He was really good in this game. Um, I want to read you know, some quotes from Marcus that he had after the game, but I will also say that while Marcus Stroman was great, he also owes a good part of that start to Nico Horner, who I texted yes, you. Yes, I, that does. was one of the best defensive games I think I've ever seen from it, somebody. It was beautiful, beautiful, Corey. Out in right field, making plays, going to his left side of shortstop, turning mm-hmm. those double plays. That was magnificent. It was spectacular. Leaping to catch line drives. I mean, I mean look in, at that. I, I know some people talked about this, but his footwork is it's incredible. exquisite. It is really exquisite. I mean, he the way that he fields those balls going to his right oh, that are kind of on God. the lip of the dirt and the grass, yeah. they're yeah. so deep and towards the third base side of the, the shortstop hole and the, the smoothness with which he gets over there oh. and keeps his body turned towards yep. second or first base to be able to make these plays. I, I mean, I really, like, it wasn't one of those days like Javi. Javi made plays that were insane, right? Where mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know how any human being just did that. This mm-hmm. game from Nico, though, was just so smooth and and perfectly executed. It really Perfect, was. Yeah. I mean, there were like five or six plays in this game where you were like, that is not an out that most defenders are converting. It was really, truly one of the best defensive games I think I can remember seeing in a long time. 
I mean, his teammates said the same thing. Ian Happ after the game saying, Nico's jersey's always dirty. He's always mm-hmm. having dirt on him. Stroman gave him so many compliments in this post game. You you heard all across the team, Ross commended him. He's going to get recognition from everyone, right? Beautiful, Corey. And again, the attitude, I keep bringing this up, but the attitude by Nico. It's top notch. He handles this so well. And you know he commands the respect from his entire teammates and the coaching staff. You can't help but wonder if success continues. I keep saying this, but years from now, he's he's the leader of this team. Yeah. He's that captain-esque mindset. I watched uh, Derek Sheeter's Hall of Fame speech. Like the mannerisms of like that type of like you know smoothness, the steadiness, the stability with the attitude. You do see... Those traits in Nico, those leadership type traits. Yeah, it, it it it's really been a special season for him, and I think we you know we've talked about the strides he's made on offense and and how good he's been you know in in terms of the defensive metrics at shortstop and stuff like that. But I think if you are wondering what that looks like, like what does it look like to rate that highly on defense as go. a shortstop with these advanced metrics, watch the game on Saturday. Well, that that double play. Go back and watch that double play where he fields the ball off of his kind of like his left heel Mm -hmm. and he transfers that ball falling away so quickly. And that was not a diff that was not an easy grounder to field. That was a hard hit grounder. Zero flinching, zero hesitation. He knew exactly what he was going to do the moment that ball was hit right to him. It's amazing, Corey. You can't teach. That's that's instinctive. You just cannot teach that. Yeah, I, it was it was really really impressive uh, and just a, an absolute pleasure to watch. Um, in these first two games, uh, well, we're we're coming up on our our first uh, sponsor break here, so I want to talk about the stuff that Stroman said after the game and a little okay. bit of Stroman's pitching after we do that. But before we do that, it's a it's a decent time to highlight. Uh, this was another good weekend for one Nick Madrigal. He didn't have a good game on Sunday, but he leads off all three games in this series. On Friday, he goes three for four. He scores two runs. On Saturday, he goes three for six, scores a run, drives in a run. He drove in uh, the run in the ninth inning to tie the game and send us to extras. Uh, you know, just a bloop single that got over the second baseman, but, you know, that's his game, right? You know, when when we talked about him making so much contact and being that type of player, that was what you saw, right? He's one of those guys that you kind of want up in situations like that. You just need a ball in play to get the run in. And, you know, lately, right, since he's come back from uh since he's rejoined the team, that's more of what we saw. The overall numbers are, you know, still not good because prior to coming back, he was very not good. And so the numbers were kind of in the tank. It's going to be a, a quest for him to dig out of there. But we we continue to see more of the version of him that the Cubs believed they were trading for, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. overall, he still just does not have that many games played. So, it's it's good that he's getting those opportunities, how it's all going to shake out and, you know, what their plan is for him and the role going forward long term. You know, maybe we don't know. We'll see how the rest of the season goes, the offseason, etc. But it is nice to see that, you know, David Ross is putting him at the top of the lineup, getting him a ton of at-bats. Like, let's let's see what you got. And lately, we're seeing a lot more of the contact-heavy, racking-up-some-base-hits kind of hitter that you had hoped you were getting. No doubt. Even when he's doing this well, the slugging may 
need to improve. Like, for example, when he came back off the IL, he's been batting since uh, 350, but he's only had two doubles in that time span. So his isolated power is still really low. So the hope is this continues, but the slugging does come, and he's had success as a White Sox infielder. So this is not completely unexpected and we don't know the degree to which his injuries contributed to his poor performance earlier in the year but he's a weird guy to evaluate because going into the offseason you have all of these guys on the roster that you have to figure out their playing time for next season which will determine who you go out in free agency to get and with Nick Madrigal what we saw was was great I'm hoping you get a little bit more power but if he does succeed and as you said, maybe this is kind of what you hoped would happen. It it makes the picture. It's a good problem to have, but it makes the, it makes the picture very difficult to project mm-hmm. because how much weight do you want to put on the sample? Right. It's the same discussion we've had about so many other guys on this roster, including Franmil, including like Nelson Velasquez, which is why I wanted to maximize the sample. And I don't want to have the same mistake where you assume or you have a degree of confidence that Frank Schwindel would contribute to a team and that has not worked out. I don't want to have any more examples where you go into a season that you hope to be competitive and it kind of fizzles out because you may have put too much weight on that type of uh, small sample. So we'll see what happens. I think as you said, Corey, like he needs to really mash the rest of the season to change the thinking process substantially, at least by fans, unless the front office has a different way, which they likely, I mean, 99% do, have a different way of evaluating him that will give them a better idea and confidence of what he can produce for next year. Let's break here for our sponsor. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com. It'll help you out. You're home for live in-play betting. Just got even better. See an edge in the game you're watching. Is your favorite team prime for a comeback? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cashouts. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet live with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Our second sponsor here is Owen. I have to tell you about Owen, which which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly, no gluten or dairy, and easily digestible. I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Both Justin Fields and I are elite athletes, so I had to try these drinks out myself. They taste great, and I know when I drink one of these, I'm getting quality 
quality nutrition that will supplement my day's energy. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with code CHGO20. Join me and Justin Fields to try out Owen only what you need. All right, Brendan, so I want to talk about Marcus Stroman. So do I. Great start on Saturday. Um, And I really loved what he said after the game. So he, when he left the game, when he was taken out, he like pumped up the crowd. He was clapping into his glove. He was pumped, right? I know. I think he loved playing in that kind of competitive environment with the Brewers. Crowd was full. Like it, it was a really good atmosphere. And after the game, he tweeted, there's no better environment to play baseball in than Wrigley. No debate. Shout out to the best fans in the league for bringing that positive energy each and every day. We can't thank you enough. He went on to say to the beat reporters, quote, to be honest, I've never been a part of something like that. I love everything about being a Cub. I truly do hope I finish up my career here because it's special just to feel that energy. I mean, yeah. hook, that, hook me up to an IV with yep. that quote and inject it straight into my veins, <laughs> Brendan. It's phenomenal stuff. That's what you hoped you would see when you signed Stroman. And my thinking automatically goes towards a scenario where the team is competitive. Imagine a playoff run and Stroman's on the mound yeah. with that energy, with that mentality at Wrigley packed house 41,000 that's going to be something to behold Corey yeah absolutely and I think you know again we talk about uh free agents and the opinion of the organization we kind of talked a little bit about that last time with Fran Mills quotes right who was also like I love it here I'm so happy to be here everybody's great here right and it's you know Marcus was a big time free agent big contract you know money wise and this, you know, this isn't a, a recruiting pitch necessarily to free agents, but it certainly doesn't hurt, right, that someone like him comes over and you, you are talking about the energy, the environment, the ballpark, everything going on with the team, and the team isn't good, right? I know. So it's, know. It, it does work as a sales pitch to free agents that are making decisions and deciding where they want to play, things like that. Like, this is a great place to play. You're really going to enjoy going out there and competing and giving it your all for this team and feeling that energy reciprocated by 40,000 people game in and game out. Where do you think the idea that free agents don't want to come to Chicago? Besides the career quote, right? I think, I, it, I don't... I think it comes from a lot of fans really only paying attention to one team and thinking that, okay. you know, because they don't spend, they haven't spent money at times and are, you know, what are the Rickets doing and are they going to be competitive soon? And I think people, you know, just think of it that way, even though a lot, you know, most yeah. owners really suck and <laughs> a lot of fan bases are, you know, no fan bases like the Cubs fan base. Um, and, you know, just like a lot of teams don't ever win or are not competitive very often. Like uh, any anything going on with the Cubs is not unique, right? So I, yeah. I think it's just, you know, fans have a lot of ton of legend and they just think it's frustrating to be a fan of this team, you know, for a, a certain while here now, you know, the last couple of years. And I think they just sort of project that onto uh, potential free agents. But that's why, it's understandable. that's why we always push back and are like, yeah, I don't think this is a thing. 
Yeah, you can push back. I, I, I guess not to invalidate concerns because they have not signed big guys. So I kind of understand why they would think like that. But there, there's dots missing in between there. Like the dots are John Lester coming back to Wrigley on Sunday, right? Right, Making the effort to come back to his former team, which, by the way, he contributed to, to a World Series oh, championship. right. Yeah. Correct. And f- recently, even Kyle Schwarber talking very fondly about the Cubs and having guys who train with them, such as Michael Gibbons, uh, really talk highly of the franchise. Yeah. And you have Fran Mill talking about this. You have the entire bullpen, David Robertson talking about this. Um, Stroman, very fond of his experience so far. As we just talked about, he's saying this is the best place to play baseball. It's, I, I, don't, I don't quite... I feel as if those examples should get highlighted a little bit more um and even going back further you can look at the experiences of bringing back jason hamill who was traded Mm -hmm. and came back because he wanted to be with the cubs and treated his family well there was personal benefits to him playing in chicago in addition to the professional benefits of playing on a competitive team so this does still appear to be a pretty attractive place to be absolutely it's just you hope that the money now lines up where you can mirror those two intentions of right of by, and, by and and the Correa thing was so specific he knew he was going to sign a short-term deal and coming into this year he didn't believe yeah. that the Cubs were going to be competitive you and know, that and that and that was correct like that wasn't yeah. a crazy assumption but that be, he didn't say yeah. like I don't like the organization or anything like that like this is definitely mm. still a destination and when you hear the quotes from someone like Marcus Stroman, who's, who's you know, he, he played for the Mets, right? He played for the Blue Jays. He's been in yeah. competitive teams, competitive cycles, things like that. Like, to hear him say that, and you could see it when he left the field on Saturday. He was feeling that energy. He loved the energy that was in that ballpark on Saturday. Like, this is a place that players want to play. Say a Suzuki was convinced by you Darvish to come here. By you here. Darvish, right. Like, yeah. th- this is going to be a destination. At that point, it's on the front office and ownership to Make it meet happen. the players that, you know, that want to come here. You do have to want them and pay them. So yeah. in addition to just loving those quotes and the energy from Marcus Stroman, I, I do agree with you. Like I, I'm so desperate to see him on a competitive Cubs team, like 40,000, a Friday 120 at Wrigley, like against the Cardinals in September when the oh Cubs are winning God. the division, like Strowman goes out there and throws a complete game shutout. It's like <laughs> it's electric. He's gonna he is gonna jump into the stands and celebrate yeah. with the fans. Like it's just gonna be amazing. But well, the personalities on this team. Before you move on here, like even uh, like the Nelson Velasquez Christopher Morel yeah. relationship and the Franmel relationship. There were some good quotes by uh, Morel imitating Franmel. Yeah, I saw that his deep voice. I saw that yeah. the deep voice, right? And you see every time Wilson hits a home run you have nelson velasquez and christopher morell like jumping in unison I side by that, side dude yeah and even today i don't know if you saw because you were at the game but um when half homered wilson of course was not playing today but he was right in the middle of nelson and christopher morell like going nuts for ian Happ. so the energy like the 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 spirit of this team which david ross mentioned on saturday's post game the energy is quite high yeah and that does reflect well on the environment that David Ross is fostering. You can get into the, the nitpicky details of his managing style, but I don't think you can dispute that the the energy seems to be really optimistic and really conducive to developing young players. And I do yeah, I do respect absolutely, that. Absolutely, right. And I think, you know, when you see some of these young guys having success, you know, some of them have had to make adjustments, have struggled at times, et cetera. But like the the energy does seem really good. There is a life 
to this team and they are Mm -hmm. very supportive of one another and they're having a great time like I love when they cut to Velasquez and Morel in the dugout they usually have you know one of their arms around the other and then (laughs) their their opposite hand you know pointing in the air and they're just (laughs) like they're they're just uh, really enjoying it and and supporting one another it it's it is really really nice to see and you know they're like you look at these five series they won they also won that game, uh, the makeup game against the Orioles, you know, they're 11 and five in their last 16. And, you know, obviously that's a small sample, but like they are, you know, we talked about this with those quotes from Nico the other day, where he said, it is important for us to finish the season well, to also, you know, present to future free agents and and players that want to come here, even young players that get called up, that this is a competitive team. There's a lot of talent here and that this thing is not (laughs) far away from being a good team. And, you know, really lately, like, especially now it's, it's so many young guys on a daily basis, you know, guys getting opportunities that's what you're seeing. They they are playing good, interesting baseball uh, more often than not over the last few weeks. And, you know, hopefully they can keep that up for the next, uh, you know, little over a month here. But this is definitely what you want to see. The signs are good that we are seeing from this team lately. And I, you know, I think that's, that's all you can ask for, right? At this I- point. Yeah, the I was thinking about Nick Nico's quotes about the, about the winning as we talked about last episode, but I in 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 context of what like Luke has said on on the podcast throughout the year, you can fan however you want to fan if you want the team to lose to get draft picks, that's fine. But I was thinking more so about winning, especially because we've done that in the past three weeks, and the value of that. If you win games, it's because your young guys are doing well. If you right. lose games, your young guys are not doing well. So the sacrifice may be in like what five draft pick round or picks, and like who cares? I want Nelson to go off. I want Nico to continue to go off. I want Framil to turn into a guy. I want to win every game, and I want that energy because it validates the changes and the adjustments you're making to get to that point. Winning games is validating the development and what these guys are working so hard to accomplish. So it is important, and it does reflect well when this team wins for a variety of reasons beyond just trying to lure in free agents. Yeah, and so there's a funny tweet from uh, Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation that, you know, since June 17th, uh, after today, the Cubs are 29 and 28, and mm. the New York Yankees, by contrast, are 26 and 32. So better than the Yankees. Uh, you know, that's definitely Just not saying. what that means, right? But yeah. uh, it is interesting to think about that. Uh, the Yankees won today, so 27 and 32. So 29 oh, okay. and 28 for yeah, the yeah, Cubs, yeah, yeah. 27 and, and 32 makes better. for the Yankees. Yeah. Um, Still better, you know, though. It, 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 right. They're, they're obviously not the better team, but it is just something worth looking at and saying, hey, look, like this team, you know, one game over 500 since June 17th isn't great, but they've been playing better baseball, right? And we've seen some real lows from this team, long losing streaks, just bad baseball for stretches at times. And, you know, right now they're in the midst of putting together a, a pretty solid run of competitive-ish baseball, right? And that's what you want to see, and hopefully the roster gets better, and you kind of continue on that upward trajectory, right? But finishing up on on Marcus Stroman before we get to the game on Sunday, um, you know, I think the best way to put this, he's got a 3.83 ERA, a 3.83 FIP, identical, right? A 3.32 expected FIP, um, and when he has been healthy, Brendan, 
when he has been out there at full steam, right? Like not, you know, early in the year or coming right off of the COVID IL or the injured list or anything. When he has been healthy and out there and at full tilt, he has been exactly as advertised. I think he has been really yeah. good. Um, and, you know, maybe the, the full numbers at the end of the year aren't going to look as good as I think he has been when he has been at 100%. I keep saying this every podcast, but the, the word to describe Stroman is dynamic. He's the most dynamic pitcher that they've had since Hugh Darvish with the type of pitches he uses and the frequency with which he uses those pitches. Sinkers, sliders, cutters, splitters, forcings. The command the pitches all over the strike zone with that unique low release point and to have him committed to this team, hopefully for two more years beyond this season, is huge. For him, it's just getting innings, just getting back to full steam, uh, getting beyond some of this unorthodox ramp-up period with the shortened spring training, the the early season weirdness that associated with that ramp-up and some of the unfortunate uh, fatigue-associated injuries that he's had. I have zero concerns about Stroman, Corey. I really do. Of anyone on this team, Stroman concerns me the least, if you want to say concern as, as a word. I am so confident next season, he just is stable. And to have that as a luxury anchor in this rotation is huge for me. Yep, absolutely. So getting to the game on Sunday, 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 Sunday. It was a frustrating one. The Cubs went up in this game two to nothing. Ian Happ with Homer number 13 and number 100 on his career. Congrats. So a big time congratulations to Ian Happ. Uh, he's just had a really good season, Brendan. We talked about this a lot, especially, you know, when there was conversations about uh, the trade deadline and things like that. Um, you know, but hitting 100 homers uh, by, you know, age 28, you know, only coming into the league in 2017, you know, and obviously not always having regular playing time throughout the course of all of those years, being a switch hitter, making all the adjustments that he has, um, you know, that's a really nice milestone and a well-deserved one for Hap overall on the year, 349 Woba, 123 WRC plus hitting 279, uh, 13 bombs, 56 RBIs. It's it's a really nice season for Ian Happ. Very nice season. And going into the offseason with the outfield market the way it is, $10 million in arbitration, expectation for Happ. Seems like a no-brainer to bring him back. Yeah. The adjustments he's made recently this season, upping the contact rate. Now the slugging is coming with that. The slugging has gone up in the past two weeks. You see that with the home runs. It's a good kind of idea of what it's looked like too because in Cincinnati he had a pitch off the dirt a breaking pitch in front of the batter's box just scooped it out there like he was golfing for a home run and then today Sunday he had that up and in fastball that he turned on so that's great to see from just like an aesthetic point of view seeing the ability for him to hit pitches multiple different types of pitches far within the last couple weeks here you hope that continues and maybe perhaps progression is not done yet. Maybe that was not the ultimate peak of his adjustments that he's made early on. Maybe we see even more progression and more value as the season goes along here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, again, like just really nice to see him continuing to do this, right? You know, he got hot sort of in the second half last year and, you know, continuing to put together, right, this long, consistent sample of looking good. No valleys. He's been good all year. Looking good from, from both sides of the plate. 
um, you know, doing, you know, improving on defense. Like this is just a really nice showing um, from Ian. So that's that's really nice to see. And again, you know, congratulations on a milestone home run for him. Cool that it was at Wrigley too. I think that's always cool. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs' second run in the game on Sunday coming on Seiya Suzuki's 10th home run of the year. He had a really nice game on Sunday, and that was nice to see, uh, especially because uh, part of the game, you know, coming off of Brandon Woodruff, um, you know, who has not been as good as he has in some years for the Brewers, but he's, you know, still been good and is a very good pitcher. So really nice to see Suzuki doing that. Uh, he went three for three in this game, also walked. So on base, every time he came up to the plate, um, he scored a run, obviously, on the home run. And with this big game and, you know, the the overall weekend that he had, we talked about this on the last podcast, but now he is back over uh, there the go. 100 threshold for uh, league average in terms of WRC plus at 106. So now he is once again an above league average hitter. So constant adjustments. It's very difficult. I think, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Matt Clapp, at the blog finds on Twitter was talking about uh, Joe Girardi was on marquee uh, after, you know, joining and, and starting to do some coverage there. And, you know, he was going into detail just about how difficult a lot of what we talked about, Brendan, but it's always interesting to hear this from a former manager and obviously a former player himself that, you know, th- there's there's so much that goes into coming over to the United States for the first time and also trying to adjust and be thrust With right no in to right major league baseball like it's it's very yeah. difficult and it it's going to be a constant process of adjustments and peaks and valleys and things like that so you know we we we, we touched on this in the last episode so i don't want to delve into it to it too much but i did want to highlight he had a, a really good game on sunday showing all that he can do the power the contact ability extra base hits taking a walk yes and is once again an above league average hitter. So yeah. that is nice to see. Um, the other notes uh, from this game, that's that was really it for the Cubs on offense. They only had five hits in this game. Uh, we will talk kind of like we just did. Uh, we're going to do our, our next sponsor break here, and then we will come out swinging with Justin Steele in the last block of this podcast. Uh, but the uh, Justin goes six shutout innings, nine strikeouts, one walk, just two hits, uh, another quality start. Stop me if you've heard this before, but it was a quality start from Justin Steele. It's all the dude does. Um, and then unfortunately, the, the the bullpen did blow this one. Mark Leiter Jr. giving up a run, Brandon Hughes giving up a home run, and then Rowan Wick blowing the save. Uh, excuse me, Hughes blew the save. Rowan Wick takes the loss, uh, giving up the run. And then uh, Castro also came in and gave up two runs. Like I said, to kind of kick off, you know, talking about this series. And Sunday, when you trade the four best people in your bullpen, uh, you know, you're you're going to have games where whoever is left is not yeah, going yeah, to be consistent all the time. Brandon Hughes has been very good uh, for the Cubs this year, and Rowan Wick had been doing well, but this was a rough weekend for him. And, you know, unfortunately, that's it just sort of to be expected. You're, you know, you're going to keep calling guys up, things like that. It y- You can't trade the entirety of of a a good bullpen and expect to just immediately replace it they'll do it by next year but in a couple weeks that's that's hard to do but it was a really good start by Justin Steele and we will break that down in a moment 
Okay, break here from our sponsor, PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Brendan. So Justin Steele... um pretty good pretty good uh the pitching that we are seeing from him i i I think it'll play brendan i i I really do not to get crazy here um but i i i think it's gonna work with the way that he's been pitching so again six innings two hits no runs one walk and nine strikeouts he continues to rack up these strikeouts um he has a 0.86 era in his last six outings with 41 strikeouts to nine walks he has a 2.29 era in his last 14 starts with 80 strikeouts and 26 walks and his era is now three point two five on the season over his last nine starts a 1.47 era which is the best among national league starters in that nine game stretch he has six quality starts and 59 strikeouts in 49 innings pitched brendan yeah we have talked about justin Steele a ton we have broken him down a ton and i think you even have you know not new stuff to talk about but I know you were looking at some of his pitches today you or uh you know and, and making gifts yeah. and all this stuff but it really feels like we are entering the territory with watching him where you know we came into the season wondering okay can he and Keegan Thompson and anybody else right that got an opportunity lock down a spot in this rotation show us that yes they can be a starter they can get it done at this level as the year has gone on I think for Thompson and Steele, you know, again, Keegan is, you know, dealing with the injury and hasn't had his best starts, but I think the answer to that question for both of them is yes. And then it becomes, okay, to what degree? You're watching these starts from Steele and you're looking at these numbers. These are not small samples. These are a lot of starts. And you start to ask questions like, okay, not only is he, yes, in this rotation, yes, a capable MLB starter. I'm like watching this wondering just how good can this guy be? Because he has been fairly dominant for a good while here, Brendan. It's surprising that he's getting the whiffs. I I did not expect that. I thought if he were to get more whiffs as the season progressed, it would be a result of adding more pitches. It's been the opposite. He he subtracted pitches and in doing so has become dominant. (laughs) I guess that's the best way to put it. He has the most nine plus strikeout games since John Lester, Corey, in, in a season. So it's it's quite shocking, I will say. The, the fastball command has been exceptional over the course of the last two months. The difference in location appears to be a mix of going down and in to right-handed batters and going up in the zone half the time within the last month or so. And we know the fastball is unique. We know that it has some cutting action on it. 
initially when we were talking about steel back in May, back in June, I was like, I, I did not think this would generate more whiffs. I just didn't think it would happen because typically for guys to generate this many whiffs, you need more of a rising fastball and a diverse set of secondary pitches. And he had a slider that rated well, but the thinking was maybe that would not be enough. Maybe he needed a changeup, which he showcased not this start, but the start before. But for some reason, the whiffs on the fastball have just gone up, gone up exponentially, Corey, over the past six weeks here. So yeah, this, this is surprising. The question is, can this continue and there's one trait that might inspire confidence that this could continue, and it's the fact that his spin rates and the horizontal movement on that four-seam are 98th plus percentile, his four-seam fastball, because of that unique trait that very few pitchers have, the stuff plus, just from a perspective of movement and velocity and spin rate and predicting pitch value and preventing runs is better than about 80% of the league. So he has a fastball that is rating better from a stuff perspective than 80% of the league without having those characteristics that typically define those pitches of having rising action on it. He doesn't have that. So it is unique. I am very surprised that this is happening. And I think the reason that we're not seeing that we did not see the whiffs earlier on in the season is just because of that command. We were talking about that. Uh, and the command has been exceptionally sharp, and we're seeing that on display start to start. And I can't help but think John Lester's influence on Steel Corey. I'm, I'm being serious here, not... not uh, Pandering not, to me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm being dead serious here. Because the moment he started to experiment going down and into right-handed batters, what was that early June? He's been able to lock that down while also mixing in some of the intention he previously had before that with going up in the zone. Now he does both. So that's exceptional. That's really encouraging. And I don't I don't have a good feel for this. I don't know if this can continue because this is a weird way of going about getting whiffs. And it's weird because many pitchers haven't done this before. So I'm quite curious to see how it works out. But I, I'm, I feel great. I'm very shocked. I did not expect this. Yeah, it's it's been a pleasure to watch, um, and he's just getting it done right now in the National League of all pitchers with 100 innings pitched on the season. He would rank 18th uh, in terms of wins above replacement, um, you know, so depending on what stat you want to use or how you value this stuff, you know, one of the top 20 most valuable starting pitchers in the National League, Justin Steele, has been over the course of this season. And, you know, as we always talk about, like the fact that that is happening in his first full year, right, getting starts at the major league level and making the adjustments that he has and, you know, battling some command issues at times, you know, high walk totals and some of the starts at the beginning of the year, things like that, and just putting this all together to be on this run where it really looks like it is all sort of coming into place, like the pieces are really starting to fit. It's it's really exciting um, and a, a really really excellent turn of events for the Cubs for this for one of the biggest questions coming into the year to be such a resoundingly positive answer is really really exciting. Yeah, the the hope is it continues, and the hope is that same type of process that they use to advance steals also apply to other pitchers, including Keegan's development. And hopefully once we see him up on this team with Snesky and hopefully also Killian, who's had his 
hit or misses this year and successful stretches and some low valleys, but the process appears to have worked pretty well for two guys in Keegan and in Justin, and hopefully that continues for the rest of the team. Yeah, so a couple other tidbits before we preview this upcoming series with the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm going to leave, I, I, I was at Murphy's Bleachers uh, with uh, our guy Cody Del Mendo and Kevin Wells after the game on Sunday, and I, I was talking to Cody about coming in and doing our podcast, of course, and you know he mentioned wanting to uh, talk about a, a particular player on the Cardinals um, who was oh absent from the team this weekend yeah. uh, because he owns a basketball team, I think, in Puerto Rico or something like that. Does he? And they were in the playoffs or something. I Who cares, right? But that's the gist of it. And I said, I'm I'm going to leave this rant to you, Cody, on Monday. I think it, you, des- you deserve to just go full throttle into this. But I will make the joke that when we preview the series with the Cardinals, maybe Yachty will show up for his team in the middle of a pennant race, or he literally chose this weekend that he just had something better to do, and that was to go watch this basketball team that he owns. So uh, maybe he will be gracing all of us with his Maybe. his presence if he can find the time for it in the middle of a pennant chase for the team that he is supposedly this you know big hero for right and respecting the game and all that other stuff um Maybe he can find the time to budget to play for that team or show up and be in the dugout to support them. I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'll leave it to I'll leave it to Cody to go on that rant. I'm not touching yes, that. Yes, I, I I will leave it to Cody. Uh, <laughs> but we'll we'll see. Just something to keep in mind. Um, one tidbit: uh, Kyle Hendricks. We got the, the reports from some of the beat writers after the game uh, that he was in the clubhouse uh, post game, and he is heading to Arizona soon with the intention of you know getting on a throwing program and 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 figuring out where he's at there with his shoulder and stuff like that. Uh, but he did say that the focus is on getting right, and we kind of heard this from David Ross. Uh, when they first talked about it. But the focus is on getting right uh, for 2023, not returning this year. So they didn't necessarily say definitively like 100% he is not coming back. But the way it was reported after the game on Sunday was I'm focused on getting healthy for next year. I'm not going to Arizona to ramp up to be back in September. Yeah, it's to be expected, I guess. Uh, There was maybe some hope that he would come back before the season ended, but just just get him healthy. You know, right. if this is the is this is the track Kyle wants to take, and that's most comfortable for him. Then I'm hundred percent cool with that. My thinking was hopefully he could come back just to give Kyle confidence that this shoulder injury is behind him. But if he does not want to push that, then that's okay. Throw in the off season, get comfortable, come back for spring training, get a full spring training underneath your belt with the Cubs coaching staff. I mean, by the way, he was not even under the supervision of Cubs coaches for all that time. We had videos of Kyle throwing in like high school mounds, uh-huh, right. Corey, during the off season. Remember that? So part of me wonders how that affected Kyle not being with like Tommy, how to be consistently and the rest of the guys. So just get him healthy. I have no issues with it. Hopefully he comes back. Uh, Unfortunately, it doesn't change my thinking where I think you kind of have to go into the next season operating as if Kyle's significant innings potential will be a luxury. I don't think you can quite count on him being that consistent guy, which does suck, but 
he's Kyle Hendricks, right? So that's always a possibility. He can surprise everyone and come back and be that guy that we've seen. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, and I mentioned this when we were kind of leading into things, uh, Alexander Canario, one of the Cubs' highest ranking prospects, obviously came over along with Caleb Killian in the Chris Bryant deal with the Giants. Two homers on Sunday uh, as that game is going. There, the, the game just ended. So in the game on Sunday, he went two for four uh, with two homers. Uh, he drove in four. 31 home runs on the season between two levels. Now he's in Tennessee at AA. Uh, he was also in South Bend. So on the season, he had seven at South Bend. He now has 24 at AA um, with the Tennessee Smokies coming into the game on Sunday. These up as we're reading this, they're not updated on uh, minorleaguebaseball.com. He had an 862 OPS and then went two for four with two homers. Brendan, um, he's got he, this is his 81st game at Double A, and he is just dropping bombs on a daily basis. He looks yeah, he really, really good. He does. The strikeout rate, too, is down by about eight percentage points from when he was in high A compared to his time in double A in Tennessee. So that's encouraging to watch as well. The thinking with him is come spring training, come opening day next season, he'll start in Iowa. If he does well, maybe we see Canario up in May, maybe sooner if he really goes off in triple A, maybe later if they want to be very conservative with his development but once you start having the success in double a you're knocking on the door we've seen the cubs be really aggressive with their former prospects of just advancing them from double a to the major leagues multiple examples of former first round picks doing that so this is big news him and p curl armstrong pca uh big news big development and i think they're kind of just uh they're they're hitting their their top projection that you hoped you would see going into the season. But let's preview this upcoming series against the St. Louis Cardinals. So, Corey, the Cardinals will be coming to Wrigley for a four-game set. They have a doubleheader on Tuesday. And I'm sorry, five-game set. I can't do math here. Five games against the Cardinals. Doubleheader on on Tuesday. First game, though, on Monday at 7.05 p.m., we have... Newly acquired Montgomery for the Cardinals pitching that day, who is 6-3 with a 3.29 ERA. Drew Smiley pitching for the Cubs with a 5-6 record, a nice 3.67 ERA. He's been good recently. On Tuesday, again, doubleheader. No starters have been announced by either team. They're probably just shuffling around guys trying to get their rotation set for the week, so stay tuned for that. On Wednesday, don't know how to say his name, Michaelis, Mikolas, whatever, no one cares. Uh, he's pitching for the Cardinals, 10-9, 3.32 ERA. Cubs, no nuts pitcher, stay tuned for that. Stroman, though, does get the ball on Thursday for an afternoon start time. Uh, Stroman this season, sub-4 ERA now, 3.83 ERA. He's 3-5. and five. Cardinals, again, no starter. And the game on Wednesday starts at 7.05. The game on Thursday, that Stroman pitcher starts at 1.20 p.m. And that's it, Corey. So you have a five-game set. Uh, Cardinals right now are in first place. They're 18 games above 500, but maybe they can play spoiler. Maybe Yachty will show up in a pennant race. Who knows? We'll see what Cody has to say about that. But what I'm looking for this series is 
Nick Madrigal. We didn't really go into detail, uh, like really great detail about kind of his role for the remainder of the season, but he's been batting leadoff, as we did mention. I'm curious to see how long he will stay at leadoff. He did play all three games at that spot in the lineup this series, so maybe Ross has intentions of using him there. Nico batted behind Madrigal. We saw the potential value of that in the first inning when Magical had, what, 13 foul balls against Woodruff, and then Nico followed up with another, like, five to seven pitch uh, at bat, so that was kind of interesting to see, so I'm curious if that will continue, and then Franmel's playing time, how often he gets in there, batting fifth, and seeing Stroman can just continue this progression, keep it going, keep that high energy going, it should be another interesting packed house on Thursday with some high leverage moments, so hopefully that will be more fun. Yeah, we, we didn't touch on that when we talked about Madrigal, but uh, really nice to set the tone on Sunday, a 13-pitch at bat, and it ended up being a 36-pitch inning for Brandon Woodruff. Uh, that's how you do it against good pitchers, right? You, you make them work early, and at the very least, even if they're on, you ensure that they're not going to be in there for the long haul. So that was really nice to see. Yep. And of course, uh, we're, we're really hitting our stride, Brandon, because I'm, I'm going to do it again. Here we go. Uh, a hallmark of the 2016 Chicago Cubs, who won the World Series. Won the World Series, If people yeah. forgot that, um, there's another Sometimes reminder, too. was exactly that, running up those pitch counts of really good starters. And so even on those nights when that offense was not clicking and even you know struggling against certain pitchers, they made sure to get to that bullpen early in the fifth or sixth inning, at least by the seventh, just to make sure that they were not going to get dominated by one guy. They at least battled and made them work to get those out. So that was nice to see on Sunday. It didn't lead to an offensive explosion. The Cubs only getting two runs on solo homers on Sunday, but still nice to see that combination. Um, at the top of the order, you know, being able to do that, make Woodruff work and at least set the tone um, for the rest of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, same stuff. Uh, you know, look, Brendan, if the Cubs sweep this series, they're only 12 games Five back. In the That's division. what I'm saying, Corey. Um, you know, I've don't let us that. get thinking on things, right? It's possible. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, look, I, at this point, um, the Cardinals lead the division by five games over the Brewers. Um, so, you know, it's always nice to muck things up. They certainly did for the Brewers as the Brewers are competing for, you know, one of those wild card spots. It's always nice to screw things up for these teams as we get toward the end of the year. And, you know, really just want to see these Cubs continue playing well. Like, I, I think, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, potential draft order implications depending on how well they finish this season. But I think it's important that this team plays well. And like you said, Brendan, I think it's well stated that if they're playing well, it's because a lot of the guys that are going to impact the future, whether it's on an everyday basis or a depth basis, things like that, they're going to have to be playing well. And that's what you want, Right. So, you know, you kind of have to sacrifice one for the other. Um, if there were a way for all of the players we are concerned about to do really well and also lose games, you know, maybe that's okay. But again, Nico also talked about that. Like, you want these guys playing in a competitive environment. You want it to look competitive from the outside. And you want all these guys that are, are getting these opportunities um, and that we're trying to learn things about. And that's only going to increase, you know, once we hit September and, you know, more players join the team and stuff like that. You want them to be getting this experience in meaningful 
high leverage games and 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 close situations and competitive games and things like that. Uh, so you know, I think that's what I want to see continue. This team has played well for a, a decent while now, uh, you know, relatively well, right? Um, and just want to see that continue. I think it's a good sign when they're playing competitive baseball, right? It's a weird position to be in that, you know, that's something we have to reiterate, but I think it's good when the players on the Cubs do good, right? That's how, that's my expert analysis so. for the yeah. day. So hopefully that continues. We will see if Yadier Molina can be bothered to show up for uh, the team that he is supposedly such a hero for um, and, you know, a bastion of what it means to be a Major League Baseball player, right? Like, I don't know, man. When I think of respecting— yeah, you're going in on this. Eh, Cody, Cody wanted me to. He'll, he'll take okay. it up to 11, but he, he wanted me to okay. set the table for him. That's, that's fine. Um, you know, I don't know. When I think of respecting the game and respecting your team and all of that, does that scream flying somewhere else to watch a basketball team you own play in a playoff game? Not exactly, right? I think it would have been pretty I, weird at the end of the 2016 season when the Cubs won the World Series, by the way. That was gratuitous. Yeah. Wow, um, look at that. Yeah. That's a, this is a that was gratuitous, but this. I'm happy yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, People do forget that, It though. would have been pretty weird if David Ross had just been like, hey, Johnny, I, I can't catch your start. I'm going to go you know, go to this restaurant that I own, you know, because it's yeah. opening or something like that. Like, it's pretty weird to me, but hey. Well, maybe people, maybe Yachty realizes he's just not that good anymore, so he thinks oh, he's, he's doing, doing the a Cardinals favor. a favor. Oh. Yeah. So, like, maybe he is being a team player here, Corey. I, I you know? did not think of it that way. Yeah, I know. That's a good question. Smart guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's keep playing well, Cubs. This is nice. It's nice to fly the, fly the W at Wrigley Field, sing the song, and, and keep those good vibes going, right? Players like Marcus Stroman take notice, and Hopefully that's going to uh, be something that uh, some other players take notice of once we hit this offseason. But uh, Luke and Cody will have you uh, for pre and post uh, throughout this Cardinal series. Our guy Ryan Herrera should be at beautiful historic Wrigley Field doing all of the good work that he does. Be sure to sign up at allchgo.com to get access to all of the work that Ryan and our other guy, Jared Willis, are providing uh, on the Cubs and, of course, all of the other content teams going strong at CHGO. We appreciate the support. Don't forget to use uh, code CHGO when you sign up at PointsBet. Brendan and I will talk to you at the end of this Cardinal series to wrap things up. We appreciate you listening, and as always, go Cubs.